Praise the Lord. Are you glad to see me? So am I. I think many of you must be knowing Brother Sudhir. I was talking to Sudhir the other day and uh, in our normal conversation, Sudhir said to give his greetings to you, to all of you. He says, please, if you ever get a chance, greet them in the name of Jesus and tell the church that God is at work around him. Amen. And another good news was, uh, Sudhir said that Annie is small, his big daughter is, she got water baptized a few days ago. So we give glory to God. And I promised him that I will, I will tell this to you all. Um, next week, the excellent men will be conducting the service. Am I right, Pastor Sean? Give them a big hand, please. Uh, we were blessed this morning, as, uh, this afternoon, as we were worshiping the Lord, you know, uh, with that beautiful song, Walking in Faith and in Victory. It was a wonderful song. We thank God. Last year, in the month of May, I started a series of messages where I was talking about walking in faith um, or the journey of faith. Today is my seventh message on the same topic of walking in faith. What I started in May 2016. And I want to title today's message on the journey of faith between Abraham and Sarah where they're coming to the climax of their lifetime. And I title it as Learning to Wait on God. Learning to Wait on on God. Can you have the screen also, my brother? The screen has gone off. So that's my title of today's message. And we will turn to the book of Genesis chapter 16. We'll read from verses 1 to 4. And then we will also look at one more scripture of Isaiah 40 verse 31. We are going to read these two scriptures. And I would request you if we could stand to read the word of God. Genesis 16. Verses 1 to 4. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, bare him no children. And she had an handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And Sarai said unto Abraham, Behold now, the Lord hath restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarai. And Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. And he went into Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. Amen. Isaiah 40, the book of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. Amen. That is your portion in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be praying very specially right now before we could see it for Sat 7. But before we could pray for them, let us worship the Lord by saying, God, you be glorified. Because in every situation, God has to be glorified. That's the most important thing. Whether it's good or bad, all things work for the good of those who trust Him, okay? Be glorified. Be be glorified, be glorified, be glorified in the heavens, be glorified in the earth. 
glorified in this temple. Father, you are glorified in heaven, and we know that, Lord God. Father, we see your glory extended in the heavens, Lord God. Father, when we see creation, we see that it glorifies you. Father, very specially, we pray for this ministry, Lord God, that our brother stands for. Father, we pray that this ministry, Sat 7, will glorify the name of Jesus. Father, we pray that no weapon formed against this ministry will prosper in Jesus' name. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you will put a wall of fire around this ministry, Lord God. Father, whoever comes to hurt this ministry or to destroy this ministry will join this ministry in Jesus' name, Father. Father, we pray that your name will be exalted in the Middle East, in Europe, and around the world, Lord God, that the name of Jesus will be exalted Father, in Sat 7, Lord God, we pray for the education ministry, Lord God. And Father, we pray for the church, Lord God. The church that has been closed will be opened in Jesus' name, Father. Father, for the glory of your name, you do it, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray. Father, we pray for your word. We pray that as the word goes forth, we pray that it will bring forth fruit. 30, 60, and 100%. I pray that none of the word will return void. It will accomplish the purpose for which it goes forth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in the presence of the Lord. Once, I read a long time ago in a shopping mall that there was an elderly man watching a young boy standing in front of an escalator. And this elderly man watched this boy for a long time and he went to the boy and he said, Young man, are you lost? And the boy looked at him and said, Sir, I am not lost. And then the elderly man looked at him again and he says, Young man, are you waiting for your parents? The boy looked up at the elderly gentleman and said, Sir, I am not waiting for my parents. So the elderly man wondered, What is this boy standing? and looking at the escalator as it's going up. And he says, young man, are you lost? Or you're looking for your parents? You said, no. Then what are you doing here? And this young boy looked at him and he said, sir, I'm waiting for my chewing gum to return to me. <laughs> what did you do? He says, I put my chewing gum on the railing of the escalator. And it's already gone up, sir. I'm waiting for it to return. On our journey of learning to live by faith, many of us are waiting. When will our answer come? We are all waiting. And just as that little boy, naughty as he was, put the chewing gum, in our naughtiness and our mischievousness, we have prayed and we are waiting for God to answer our prayers. We are waiting, when will that reply come? We have learned to follow God in the journey of living by faith uh, I like the ushers. Please sit down. I want you to enjoy the message. Take your seat, my brother. They won't sleep. I'll keep them awake. In our journey, we have to understand that we have learned to follow God no matter where he is taking us, even though we do not know sometimes where he is taking us, we have learned to follow him in faith. Number two, we have learned in this last one year that Abraham learned to trust God even in the times of famine. Abraham trusted him. Today, we want, I want to share with you to learn how to wait upon God. And I'm sure many of you are waiting today to see when will your answer come through. Waiting is one of the hardest things to do. Because especially... If I wait on Pastor Abraham, I know he will do it sometime. But waiting on God is different. 
Because God's timing is totally different. If you're waiting on your mama and your papa, you can scream at them and you can get the food. Maybe one hour late. You can scream all you want to God. He will only answer you in his time. Amen? So this afternoon, I want to continue my messages on, on the life of Abraham. And now we are going to look at the other part of Sarah with Abraham. And we are going to see that part. God had promised Abraham 75, at the age of 75 that one day that his descendants will be so numerous that they will not even be able to count them. They will be like the stars. That's the promise God gave Abraham when he was 75. But Sarah got tired of waiting. Do women get tired or men get tired at home? The wife will look at the husband, the husband will look at the wife and you'll start to blame one another now itself. She asked Abraham and she said to the Egyptian woman, take her, go and sleep with her, have a child. So that Ishmael was born, Sarah now regretted that decision. The decision that she made, which she thought was a good decision during that time, but now she felt very sad that she made the wrong decision of asking her housemate to sleep with her husband and to have a baby so that she could call this baby as her own. When Abraham now was 90 years old, God renewed his promise one more time, but the couple is much older now, especially having a child was beyond thinkable. No way. How are we going to have this child? Can you just look at your wife? Don't look at someone else's wife. Look at your wife and think if she was 90, will she have a child? Will she be able to bear a child at this age? It's impossible. But as we study Genesis chapter 16 and we start looking at it, 10 years later, Sarah is still barren. God is still promising, saying, you will have a child. Think of it. I wanted to picture this. You and your wife are waiting for a child. God has promised you a child. You're holding on to her and you're still waiting. And you're saying, God, when will this promise come for me? She's 90 years now. And this her husband, her loving husband, is 100 years. Time and time again, God is promising. Not your pastor, not your leader, not your elder, not a prophet, but God himself is promising, and yet it's not taken place. Think, what would you do? The last time God promised Abraham and Sarah, Sarah laughed at that suggestion, and she thought, will I have a child? The child to be born for Sarah was according to God's timing and God's plan, not according to the husband's plan or her plan. Often, we become very impatient, waiting upon God's plan, and most of us decide to hurry it up, so we start the process going ahead of God. Abraham and Sarah now made several mistakes on waiting upon God, they replaced God's plan, and when they decided to implement their own plan, thinking it will be good enough. By doing this, they got ahead of God. Secondly, this revealed the lack of faith between this man and this woman. They lost hope, total hope of seeing the child that God promised. I want to share something to you this afternoon how to avoid making the same mistake that our forefather Abraham and Sarah made while they were waiting upon God. Many of us may be on this journey. So when you're waiting on God, next slide, my sister. When you're waiting upon God, never underestimate God's power and his ability to do the impossible. Number one, never underestimate God's power and ability to do the impossible. Amen? The impossible for you. Never underestimate it. Look at verse 2. Keep, keep Genesis 16, verse 2 opened. Look at verse 2. It says, Sarah is now telling Abraham, please go to my maid. Perhaps I shall obtain a child by her. But did God say that? That's the question. Abraham should have turned around and asked his wife, did God say that, Sarah, that I have to go 
to Hagar and to have this child. Another way of saying is that they thought that their problem was better, their solution was better than God's promise. Notice the fact that Abraham and Sarah, now it has been already 10 years, you must understand the climax, the situation. They have arrived in the situation, a land where God promised that his descendants are going to be so humorous, 10 years have passed, time has passed. Based on these facts, Sarah and Abraham came to some wrong conclusion or decision. Number one, they concluded that God did not want Sarah to bear her own child. That's the first conclusion they came to. The second conclusion that they came to, they reasoned there was something that they had to do to help God. Now they came to that conclusion. Maybe not through us, but maybe we need to do something to help God. They concluded that they will have a substitute that will bring forth this promised child. In fact, Sarah thought that her womb will never again conceive because she has passed the age. Now, I want to talk to you as church and to me. This message actually has played a very vital part even in my life as we, as we go through. I will let you know. Number one, sometimes Christians help God to find themselves a mate. Christians, this is our people who are not married. They help God, okay, they help God in trying to find a mate in hanging out in the wrong places. They have prayed for a mate. They have asked God to give them a partner. But what they do, they think, maybe my partner will be in the nightclub. My partner will be in the shopping mall. My, my partner will be in the discotheque, in the clubs. And they go searching for that partner in all the wrong places. What the enemy does, the enemy has kept the wrong person there already. And because of not having a discerning spirit, now that person goes and finds the wrong partner, ends up messed up. This is what Christians do. Number two, Christians try to help God by using pressure and manipulating tactics of not speaking the old truth when they are sharing the gospel. They don't speak the old truth. They speak half-truth and they use their own experience or some other story to think that they can convert this person. Number three, Sometimes Christians help God to bring forth to the church. They want to bring growth to the church through many gimmicks and tactics. I'm sorry, this is true. People use many gimmicks and tactics to bring growth to the church. I want to tell you one thing. What does the Bible say that we need to do in order to bring growth to the church? It only says one thing. You lift the name of Jesus higher. Simple. Nothing else. You preach the gospel. You preach Christ crucified. You preach Christ buried. You preach Christ resurrected. You preach Christ coming back. That's all. And what he will do? He will add men to the church. We want to try the, the worldly system. How does the world do it? Let us do it like this way. I like that song. If we could just sing it when it says, Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I lift your name on high. Lord, I love to sing your praises. I'm so glad you're in my life. I'm so glad you came to save us. You came from heaven to earth to show the way from the earth to the cross my debt to pay from the cross to the grave from the grave to the sky Lord I lift your name on high This is the most simplest gospel Nothing more than this. You can stand on a street corner and say Christ was crucified and he will have 3,000 to the church. No amen also. You don't even have the faith because it will be according to your faith. Only according to your faith, God will work. 
We do not have that faith that God is going to have 3,000. Every time you hear this man, Pastor Sean, say this, this church will double, this church will double. Where is our faith to say amen to that? One man has that faith. We should join together and say this church will double. Do you remember what Pastor Abraham said? This church started with seven people, seven families, Pastor? Seven families. Look at it now. So you think this church will not become 3,000 one day? Amen. It will be according to your faith. Only according to what you believe, God will give it unto you. The next thing, sometimes Christians help God to get people to heaven by a bunch of rules. That's the saddest part. You do this, you do this, you do this, you will go to heaven. Sorry. Doing this, this, this will not take you to heaven. Did the thief on the cross do anything? More than what did he say? Remember me, Lord. Remember me. If that could be your cry, Lord, remember me. I am a sinner. You are on your way to heaven. Amen? Even when things don't seem to be working, we must never underestimate God's power and ability. So let us not try to help God in the process of whatever we are waiting for. Amen? Number two, when you are waiting on God, number two is always trust God's timing. Can you tell your neighbor, trust God's timing? God has a purpose for every delay in your life. Tell your neighbor that. God has a purpose for every delay in your life. No matter what it is, he has a purpose. And that purpose ultimately is to glorify his name. Amen? So it shall be your portion. Now we look at Genesis chapter 16 verse 3. We say that now after 10 years, time has passed by. I want you to remember, think, 10 years have passed. Abraham and Sarah are now in, in the land of Canaan. Sarah took Agar and gave her to her husband and said, let her be your wife. Look at that. Not only child, not only child, now says, let her be your wife. Sarah and Abraham might have interpreted God's delay in inability. God is not, it's not possible for God to do this. Solomon says in the book of Ecclesiastes, he says, there's a time for everything there is a time. And then he says, he makes all things he makes all things beautiful in his time. In his time. In his time. He makes all things beautiful in his time. Lord, please show me every day. Lord, please show me every day as you're teaching me your way. As you're teaching me your ways, that I do just what you say in your time. You can make that as a prayer and say, God, in your time. You make all things beautiful, not miserable. He make it beautiful. But when you must learn to wait upon God, he will make it beautiful for you in Jesus' name. What could be some of the reasons for God's delay? We've seen that God does all this in his time. He does all these things. So what is it? Before that, I want to, sister, put the next, are you lost, sister? Okay, put the next screen, please. I want to show you something. There's a time for everything. Next screen. Yes, stop there. I want you to look at the screen. I remember Pastor Abraham was talking about it similar some time back. And when Pastor was bringing this, I said, wow, there's a confirmation. Look at the screen and look at the time that, that these people waited. Noah waited 120 years for the fulfillment. He waited 120 20 years. Then we see Abraham waiting 25 years for the, for the fulfillment of having that child. 25 years. Uh, the screen has gone off for me, please. Then we see that, we see Jacob waiting 20 years for his fulfillment. Then we see Joseph waiting 13 years. And we see Moses 
We always say Moses waited 40 years. It is 80 years Moses waited to bring the children to the brink of the promised land. 80 years the man waited. Can you imagine a lifetime? That's one, of our, one, one, one span of our lifetime just to bring them to the promised land. Then we see Joshua waiting 40 years under the shadow of Moses till he took on leadership. Imagine you working under Pastor Abraham for 40 years. Can you imagine that? Amen. Then we see David waiting 12 years to become a king. All these people are waiting, waiting, waiting. And last we see our master and our savior. 30 years to fulfill for what God called him to do. All these people waited this much of time. Are you willing to wait is the question. Bad things are happening to you. Yes, it is. But I'm going to show you something. Why do this? So what could be some of the reasons for God's delay? Let us look at that. Number one, sometimes God delays. Next screen, sister. Sometimes God delays. Can I have the screen, please? To make us holy. Number one. God delays to make us holy. Number two, God delays to prepare us for a task which is far greater. That's the second reason God does it. There are many, but I've chosen just a few. Number one, as you're waiting, God wants you to live a holy life. You cannot, build, you cannot live your own life in nonsense, doing all the nonsense, waiting for God to work, and you are living in total sin. You can't do that. So God prepares your life to make you holy as you're waiting for your answer. Number two, we've seen that God delays to, to make the task which is much more greater, to prepare us for a task that is much more difficult that is getting us ready. Number three, God delays to make some of, to deal with some of the weaknesses that we have. As we are waiting upon God, we have got weaknesses and God wants to get rid of those weaknesses but you must be willing while you're waiting on God's promise to get rid of your weaknesses. The problem with many of us, we have prayed, we have waited, and we are still continuing in all our weaknesses. And we say, God is good, he'll forgive me. In the night you go pray, morning you do the same thing. Night you go pray, morning you do the same thing. God wants to get rid of all your weaknesses. Next, sometimes God delays to strengthen our faith. That's what he does it to strengthen yours and my faith. Sometimes God delays for the benefit of those that are watching us. Do you know the unbelievers are watching you in your office? You have prayed for a promotion. They know that you are in line for the promotion. They know that you are waiting for a long time, but they are watching what comes out of your mouth. They watch you, what you say, what you do, how you behave. They are watching you very carefully. And for the benefit of them, the delay is taking time. Because that when you, when you receive it, they say, truly, this is a Christian. Look at the way when he was waiting, how did he behave? Look at this lifestyle. His lifestyle never changed like the worldly people. He lived a Christ-like lifestyle. Next, God delays so that he might give us the best and not something adequate. He wants to give you and me the best. Tell your neighbor, God wants to give you the best. The best is yours. And that's what when we pray for this sad seven church, that God will give them a bigger church. The enemy destroyed something, but God will give them something bigger. Amen? Sometimes, this is the last of what I thought of, God delays sometimes for a reason only he knows. I know many people will say, we can ask God when we go to heaven as to why that delays. When you go to heaven, you won't even think of all these things. So don't, don't trouble yourself. Now itself, get rid of it. He knows what is best in his time. Amen? Amen? Now, Abraham and Sarah didn't trust God's timing as much as they did their own. And when you are waiting on God, my third point is consider the consequences of your choice. Next slide, please. Consider the consequences of your choice. Point number three, my sister. They didn't think through. They just did. They thought, okay, let me give this woman to my husband. And she got the baby, but the moment the baby was born, she regretted her decision. Genesis 16, verse 4. 
Look at your Bible in verse 4. It says, when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress became despised in her eyes. You're ahead of me, sister. Now, I want you to look at the screen. And I want to see the choices that you make. Look at the screen. The choices that you make, there are 12. Next one, sister. The, there are 12 choices that I put. Thank you. Just keep, don't, don't touch it now, sister. Okay, the choices that we make, I want you to see at these 12. Number one, waking up. Wives will know how husbands are struggling in this area. Duty starts at 8 o'clock, that man gets up at 7.30. Okay, by the time he runs to the shower, another 30 minutes. And his duty is 8 o'clock. No prayer time out of the window. And he has a 30-minute journey to his work. Think of that, a 30-minute journey to his work. He is rushing to work now. My son will, 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 will say, yes, he's hiding his face there. And then you got this distance to travel, you go late. And what are the consequences? You wonder why you're not getting promoted. You wonder why you're not getting increment. Your boss is watching you. I'm not talking about your earthly boss, please. I'm not talking about your earthly boss. When you work unto man, who are you working unto? He's watching you. And he is a very hard taskmaster. He doesn't play around. How many of you coming to church? I'm sorry I say this every time. What time service starts? But what time does it start for some of us? 1.15. 12 o'clock service starts, you get up 11 o'clock. And if you, if you have three children, sometimes I feel very sad for Pastor Sean and his wife. It's not easy. It's not easy. But they are here in time. If this man can do it, why not you and I do it? 12 o'clock is service, 12.30 you walk in in the park. Who? King Jesus is waiting, no problem, he will wait for me. You come. King Jesus is there, you can take all your time and come to church. Go and do that for your earthly master and see. He'll put you by that door and he'll send you flying. There are consequences that we have for waking up late. The next one, eating. I put there, you have to be careful what you eat, when you eat, and how you eat. If you want any doubt, meet Pastor Leslie and our, boss, and our, uh, our brother, doctor, also. You need to know as to what to eat. Don't eat everything that is put. Yesterday, Nikhil was talking to me, and I was laughing because I was preparing this message, and he says, Uncle, they put all the food. They put uh, chicken, uh, prawns, fish, and everything, Uncle. And I just enjoyed it. And I said, Nikhil, you're going to get it tomorrow in church. Be careful what is laid before you. Doesn't mean if they put everything, don't eat. Not, the nickel is not against you. I love you. Okay. If everything is put, don't, don't eat everything. And then, when to eat? Now, don't get up 3 o'clock in the morning and say, I'm hungry and go to eat. Many people, I'm fasting, so 3 o'clock in the morning, I'll get up and eat. And then what happened? Oh, darling, my chest is paining. I cannot breathe. Everything is bloating. Take me to the doctor. And that poor man takes you, rushes you. You get up in the wrong time and eat. Why eat 10 o'clock in the night before you're sleeping? How you think the food is going to digest? You have to be careful what you eat and how you eat also. There are consequences to all these actions of yours. The next one is, you've seen that, then clothes we wear. I will not touch on this. Uh, brother spoke some time back. Be careful. But anyway, I'll give you an example. I remember as a little boy, I was walking with my sister. And my sister never knew how to dress. This is my sister. And she wore something that was not appropriate in her open road. And someone came at the back and pressed her. You know what I mean. And then she slaps him. And I asked her, why did you slap him? You know, you never wore the clothes that you're wear, supposed to wear on the street. You're wearing clothes that you're, uh, what you're wearing in your uh, swimming suit. You wear that men will be tempted to touch you everywhere. And in church, be careful. Don't think these men are too holy, huh? <laughs> Including me. No, this is truth. We sing hallelujah. The moment you come, you just one look. Okay, thank you. 
We do that. And we, we praise the Lord. Hallelujah. We do all that. We look at women. Women? No, women are not less. You also do that same thing. Don't simply blame the men. We are good guys. All of us. Yes, Brother Matthew. Brother Pastor Sean, am I right? Praise God. Be careful. Programs that we watch. Be careful of the programs that we watch. We should know what to watch and not what not to watch. Let me share this. I'm sharing this with the experience. If you watch the wrong programs before you sleep, do you know they play on your mind before you go to bed? You can't get sleep. Three o'clock, four o'clock, you're still wondering. And you're wondering why you can't get sleep. Because those programs, just before going to bed, is now playing in your mind. And then you wonder why bad thoughts are coming. Be careful what you watch before you sleep. I heard this from an ungodly man. It's better you don't watch anything before you sleep at least one, one hour. If it's possible, go to the word of God. Read the word of God before you can sleep so that you go into sleep with the word of God in your mind. Then don't wonder why you cannot get sleep, you have a bath, you do everything and you try all these gimmicks. Be careful what you watch. Next, whom you marry, you have to be careful. Don't go marry any Tom, Dick, Harry when you have somebody God has set, be careful who you choose. I've spoken about this, so I will not talk much. Be careful of the music that you listen to. I know these are the kids nowadays. They listen to all the nonsense, all the rock. Sometimes the music that they listen, I feel like taking something and banging it on their head. True. Let me tell you something about this music. These music are demonic. Few days ago, I went to visit a family, no names. I was having dinner with the family. I was in the... I was in the uh, in the di dining room, and I was listening to the music that, that the child was playing in the hall. And suddenly there was a word, and I caught that word, and I said, what is that music that he's listening to? And the parents said, nothing, Brother Claudie. What music? There's nothing. I said, no, I heard a name. I heard a word. I ran to the hall, even though I should not have done it, but I did it because I am responsible as a man of God, as, as a teacher, as a father in the Lord, I ran to the hall, hall and asked the child, what was the last word that you heard on this music? The boy knew what it was. And he says, it is demons. I said, what else? No, welcome the demons in. The boy was listening to a song which was just saying loud, welcome the demons in. The parents even never knew what the child is listening to. Two days later, I get called from the same parents saying, the child is not able to sleep. He is getting suffocating moments, something pressing him down his chest the whole night. I said, yes, because you are not able to have a watch over what your children are watching. You have to be careful. The jobs we take, be careful. Ask the Lord which job you should take. Be careful. Ask the Lord. Go to the Lord and say, Lord, there are two jobs. Show me which job I should take. Don't run for money. If you go for the money, that will take your time away from God. If you're getting money and you're getting time to be with the Lord, praise God for that. But be very careful. Number two, schools that we attend. We have to be careful. The choices that you make for the schools you attend. Parents force children to go to schools that they want. Children force parents to go to the school that they want. And last, there's a mess up. You remember some, about a few months ago, I told you about a, a, a child of God who forced the parents to go to a school, came back dead in the same land, a believer child, a believer's child. Parents didn't want to send that child to the school. Said, we don't have the money to send you there, my darling. The child never refused. Said, I want to go to the school. Child went, came back dead in one year's time. Be careful. Don't force your children to go anywhere where they don't want to go. Your children will suffer, not you. People that we hang out, be careful who you hang out with. No problem, Dad. He's okay for me to hang out. When you start hanging out with, with somebody who's not of Christ, who does not know Christ, slowly you will become like him or you'll become like her. You will take their habits. If See, you are only one and you think you're a child of God, but you're not strong enough. There are four or five of them and they are strong. Slowly they will take you. Why not we go here? Why not we go there? And suddenly you'll realize you are far away from God and you are behaving just like them. Be careful, youth, who you hang out with. Take advice from your parents. They have walked that path. What you feed your mind with will bring forth fruit. Whatever you feed your mind with, 
And that's what I'll show you a little later on, what are the consequences of that and how we respond to difficult situations. This is, I want to talk to husbands and wives. When things are going bad at home, when things are going, you know everything is turning upside down. Be careful how you behave at that time. Control your tongue, men especially. Control your tongue. Control your anger. Sometimes words can come out of your mouth. You don't mean it, but you can hurt that woman with your words. Sometimes it can go at a higher level. You will lose your temper and suddenly you might even raise your hand on that poor woman. Be careful how you behave when things are going in a different direction in your home. Best is be quiet. I have fallen a victim to that. That's the reason I'm saying this. Not once, not twice, not thrice. Many times I was a victim to this in anger. And I didn't treat my wife right. But God had to deal with me. He had to be. I'm not a perfect man that stand here. I have fallen many times on that journey. But by the grace of God, I am here today. Amen. Amen. Refusing to take care of your health, the last point, very vital. Your health is important. And how you take care of it is important. Be very careful. For those of you, you know you, your health is important and you're not well and you have medication. Take it. God is our healer, correct? Remember Pastor Leslie was saying, God is our healer. But when we know that we have to take medication, take it. God has got his own ways to, to heal you. I'm going to give you a real story of what took place. This is last week. One of the pastors in my hometown, a leading pastor, suddenly had some problem with his head and they went through an operation. He was almost like a vegetable in his house. The wife had, I mean, the husband and wife have one child and the wife was now spending all her time taking care of this man who does not even know what's happening. The child suddenly told mom, I'm not feeling well. So mother said, why don't you go to the hospital? And she said, no, ma, I'm not going to the hospital because the doctor will give an injection. A 13-year-old girl. And the, the mother forced her. She said, I don't have anyone to take. Take one of our uncles and go to the hospital and see what's wrong. Child refused, refused, refused. And that mother gave in to the child. About seven, eight days passed by. The child suddenly fainted in the house. They rushed the child to the hospital. And the doctor said, only six hours the child had to live. The child now starts crying and shouting, doctor, I don't want to die. Telling the mother, mother, mama, I don't want to die, mama. The mother gave in to this child. We need to take care of our health. The child passed away. Negligence. When you know that you, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, take care of that body. Respect that body. Look after that body. Give it the best. Don't treat your body like a, like a garbage bin. Many people treat their bodies like garbage bin. You don't take care. You misuse that body in every way. And then you wonder why you're sick. Each of these choices carry consequences in our life. Some consequences may be severe. Some consequences will lead to death. And that should not be a portion in Jesus' name. Psalm 81, verse 13 and 14a. We are going to see that sometimes we do not want to accept responsibilities when things go wrong. We start blaming, especially husband and wife, you start blaming one another. But I want to show you something when in Psalm 81, verse 13 and 14a, which says, on the other hand, God promised you and me if we listen on his behalf. Let us see that scripture. Yes, brother. Oh, that my people had hearkened unto me and Israel had walked in my ways. I should soon have subdued my, their enemies. Okay, praise God. I want you to pay. Keep the scripture open. I want you to look at the scripture very carefully. If my people would listen to me, you can say, if bread of life would listen to me, see the word Israel, put your name. If Claudie would follow my ways, how quickly would I subdue Claudie's enemies. Whatever be your enemy right now that is stopping you from receiving what you're supposed to receive. The Bible clearly says it here. You can quote it. It says, if my people would listen to me, if bread of life would listen to me, 
used your name there. If Claudie would listen to me and follow my ways, how quickly I would subdue Claudie's enemies. That's God's word. Every enemy of yours will be subdued in Jesus' name when you learn to listen. There is a condition, a prerequisite. You need to listen to God. You cannot live your own life and expect God to do miracles for you. He will not do it. That is not his character. That's not God's character. Now the result of not listening, I want to show you the result of listening. See, one is we listen, what it is, God will fight for us. Number two, by not listening, you take, go to Romans chapter 1 and let us look at verse 24 and 26. We are going to see when you do not listen to God, he will give you over to the consequences of your heart. Whatever your heart is desiring, God says, I will give that to you. Yes, brother. Therefore, Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts. You seen that? Because you are not willing to listen, I will give you over to the lust of your heart. What craving for? That will be your portion. But at the end, death will follow it. Yes, brother. To dishonor their own bodies between mm. themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, mm -hmm. who is blessed forever. Amen. Amen. If you do not listen to God's warning, he will give you what you're running after. Whatever it is you're running after, he will give it to you. You will pay a heavy price because that's what your heart is craving for, the things that is wrong. If we need to carefully consider the consequences of each of our decision. Every decision, there's a consequence. What kind of impact will this have on my family? Before you can make a decision, the consequences, how will this impact my family, number one? Number two, how will this impact the people that are watching me? There are people that are watching me, and every, every decision of mine will also impact these people. Now, when we try to help God, we will get into trouble. Bad decisions bring forth negative consequences. People get hurt, relationship is stained, and lives are changed. I'm going to close with like, let me show you four ways to wait on the Lord. I'll quickly, because of time, I'm going to run through this. Four ways to wait upon the Lord. Number one, wait faithfully. God says wait Waiting is faithfulness. You understand? When you learn to wait, that is faithfulness. Trust in God's wisdom. Don't trust in your own wisdom. Your wisdom is nothing compared to what God's wisdom is. Why did the world... Why would you ever think that you know better than God? Why do you think that God will not know the future? Don't have that mind. Trust God in your feelings. Whatever you're doing, trust God. God sees what you and I do not see. We need to make it a constant practice to make no decision without consulting God. Amen? Number two, wait carefully. Wait carefully. That's the second one. By, by that I mean you should... Can I call the NG for C? Uh, we have to be careful... We have to question all assumptions. Every assumption, consider every consequences of your action. Number three, wait patiently. Don't look at NG for C. Please, concentrate on the word of God. This is your word now. Wait patiently. Number two was wait carefully. Number three, wait patiently. God's timing is the best timing. Not your timing. It's God's timing. Let us read one more psalm, Psalm 40, verse 1. The Bible says in Psalm 40, verse 1, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined his ear unto me and heard my cry. So whatever be your cry today, God has heard it. God has heard it. Amen? One day, I want to tell you a small story before I close. This is told by a pastor when he was a little boy. As he was a little boy, he says that one day he was in his, in his father's church. His father was a pastor and he was sitting somewhere in the middle and the message was going on. Are you paying attention? 
If you're paying attention, say amen. amen. Only few. The ones who never said amen not means not paying attention. He says that as he was sitting down, the father was coming to the end of the message, just like this. And he had a younger sister sitting in the last row with her mother. And he says, suddenly the door opened just before daddy could come to the end of the message. And he looked at the door. There was a person who was walking in very late when the benediction was getting over. Getting. This person walked in and sat. This little girl looked out of the door and it was very dark outside. So when it was dark, she thought for a minute, daddy is going to conclude. She says, daddy, finish the message quick. It's getting dark outside. A little child, finish the message quick. She shouted from the pew, it's getting dark outside. That is how it's all with us right now. We are being waiting and waiting and waiting. And we're telling God, God, it's getting dark outside. The waves are rising. My situation is becoming bad. My wife is getting older. I'm losing my job. Father, it's getting dark outside. Can you come and rescue me quickly? We are still crying the same old cry like that little girl who told her father, it's getting dark, end your message. I know it's getting dark around you. Everything seems hopeless around you. Don't cry out to God and say it's getting dark. Let him handle it in his time. Amen? Our task is to accept God's timing. My last point, always wait expectantly. Always wait expectantly. Isaiah 30, verse 18, the Bible says, Blessed are all those who wait for him. Amen. You are called blessed when you wait upon God. Romans 8, we hear the scripture every time. 8.28, all things work Together, for what? Let us, say, let us say it together. Come on. One, two, three, go. All things work for the good of those who love God and were called according to his purpose. Amen. My brothers and sisters, whatever your situation is today, are you waiting on God? Wait faithfully. Wait carefully. Wait patiently. And wait expectantly. It will be your portion in Jesus' name. Can we rise on our feet? I know there might be some of you who are waiting for a child, for your own child. For some reason you have not had your child. But wait, it is in God's timing. I want you to say one thing while the NG4C is singing. Lord, remember me. Remember me, Lord. Those of you who are waiting for a job and you're struggling, and you know there are crises at your work, you can say, Lord, remember me. Amen? If your situation and you know the relationship between at home is going very sour, things are not good at home, you can say, God, remember my family. Remember my family. If your health, you know somebody in your family is not well, you can tell God, remember my family.
just leave your seat and come forward. I'm going to ask our pastor to pray for you. Whatever be, you have been waiting for a long time. Today is your day. Just come forward and let God minister to you. I call Pastor Sean to come and pray. If you're looking for a child, bring your wife and come. Today is your answer for a job, for a health. Appointed time for the, with the Lord today. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest unto thy people. O visit me with thy salvation, that I may see the good of thy chosen, that I may rejoice in the gladness of thy nation that I may glory with thine inheritance. The prayer is very clear. Remember me, O Lord. Today shall be a day of remembrance for you. Amen. I'd like you to pray that prayer on this holy altar. Remember me, O Lord. The scripture is there for you to pray with. One minute. Lord, remember me today. If you are out here, Pray that special prayer. The word of the Lord came to me as I stood there and I'm here to pray with you. Lord, remember me. You have not come to man. You have come to Jesus. This is the center of turnaround. Remember me, O Lord, with the favor that thou bearest on to thy people. Give me an unforgettable touch today. Give me an unforgettable touch today. Let it mark the turning point I've long desired. Let today mark the turning point I've long desired. Let today mark the turning point I've long desired. Visit me, O God, with thy salvation. Are you crying to him? Visit me, O God, with thy salvation. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. As surely as you have cried to him, God will do for you. Amen. Let me hear a louder amen. amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. You know, as we prayed for this service and I stood there, the Holy Ghost said that there are people who come into the church crying and weeping. That today, those tears will come to an end. Yeah. 
If you were there when we were praying this morning, let me see your hand. If you were there. Did you hear me praying that prayer? Now, that was not a prayer I meditated on. The Holy Ghost said it as we were praying for this service. God will remember you. Your secret tears shall come to an end. Whatever the enemy has laid on you as a weight that God didn't put there. By his mighty visitation today, they are lifted of your life. In the name of Jesus. Whatever belongs to you by birth and by right. That the enemy has been tampering with. That the forces of darkness has withheld. I agree with you on this holy altar. There is a release. Amen. There is a release. Amen. Stretch forth your hand to the altar. There is a release. There is a release. There is a release. There is a release. Amen. There is a release. Amen. Receive your miracle, children. Receive your miracle healing. Receive your miracle jobs. Come on, receive it now. Receive it now. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Blessed be your name. In Jesus' precious name. At intercession, God gave us a word. He said, Joel chapter 2, verse 21. Fear not, O Lord, this month. Be glad and rejoice. For the Lord will do great things. You have a responsibility. To be glad and rejoice. That's, your own, that's the only thing you have to do. And watch God do great things for you. Whatever we tamper with your joy and gladness is buried on this altar today. Receive the spirit of joy. Receive the spirit of gladness. And as you rejoice, God will do great things for you. This month is not permitted to end until your testimony appears. Receive it now. In the name of Jesus. So shall it be. Congratulations. Hallelujah. Amen. The Egyptians you saw before, you see them no more again. In the name of Jesus. You may go back to your seat. God bless you. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. NG4C will be singing just a word of um, announcement next Saturday and uh, next Friday. We are here. Excellent men will be ministering just as we have been told. So for all of us, it's going to be a special time. The men will be celebrating God. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus, friend forever. One more time, Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah. Yes, you're, yes, you're, you are my Jesus. Laughter forever. Hallelujah. My soul sings to you. Let's sing.
Amen. This week, this week, God will show you how great He is. In your affairs, His greatness will appear. In your journeys, His greatness will appear. Everyone traveling this week, go in peace. Return with testimonies. Every affliction you saw before, you see them no more again. In the name of Jesus, so shall it be. Next week, Friday, is loaded. We have the excellent celebration at 12. And we have the family dinner celebration in the evening. Make sure you are there. God bless you. If you have not registered, reach your home cell leaders so that we can farm up the plants. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, God's goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. As we pray, the Lord will answer us. God bless you. Congratulate your neighbor. Your prayers are answered. Congratulate your neighbor. Your prayers are answered. Go in peace. Amen.